If you would please, Psalm chapter number 84. And verse number 1, Psalm chapter number 84 and verse number 1. Let's all stand to our feet in honor of the Word of God, if you would please, this morning. Psalm chapter number 84 and verse number 1. Charles Spurgeon called this, if I remember correctly, the jewel of the Psalms. I'm not preaching it because he called it that. As I studied the passage, I found that that was his title for it. The subject matter of the psalm is from beginning to end the house of God, the tabernacle. In verse number 1, the Bible says, How amiable are thy tabernacles, O Lord of hosts! My soul longeth, yea, even fainteth for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh crieth out for the living God. Yea, the sparrow hath found an house, and a swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young. Even thine altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Blessed are they that dwell in thy house. They will be still praising thee, Selah. Blessed is the man whose strength is in thee, in whose heart are the ways of them, who, passing through the valley of Baca, make it a well. The rain also filleth the pools. They go from strength to strength. Every one of them in Zion appeareth before God. O Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob, Selah. Behold, O God, our shield, and look upon the face of thine anointed, for a day in thy courts is better than a thousand. I had rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will He withhold from them that walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man that trusteth in Thee. I want you to go backwards, if you would please, and look at verse number 6. The psalmist says, Who passing through the valley of Baca, make it a well. The rain also filleth the pools. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that you would please anoint this message with your Holy Spirit power. Guide and direct my thoughts and my speech. I yield myself to you and I beg you please for your Holy Spirit power and anointing. I pray that you would pour out your Spirit upon your people. Speak to us, help us to be planted in your house. We pray this as we ask it in Jesus' name. And amen. You can be seated. As I said, the passage here is a cry from the heart of the psalmist that he wishes he could get to the house of God. Look at verse number 2, if you would please. My soul longeth, yea, even fainteth for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh crieth out for the living God. And then in verse number 3, he begins to recall that the sparrow and the swallow, which are small birds have found a nest in the tabernacle of God and how in many ways he sees that as a blessing, that they have found a way to dwell 
in the house of the Lord. Now, I don't know that this is the case necessarily, but I wonder if even nature itself uh, longs to be in the house of the Lord. I know this, that according to the book of Psalms, that there will come a day that, that all of nature will praise Him and will give and speak of His glory, and that I believe that even the birds and the beasts of the field today, that when they sing and when they cry out many times, are singing to His glory and for His praise, because they know their Creator and they know who deserves the glory. And so, I just wonder if every now and then a bird takes up residence in the house of God because they just want to be there. Now, I don't know if they a bird should take up residence in every place around town that calls itself a house of God because not every place is a house of God that calls itself one. Just because it has church on the side of it doesn't mean that's where the presence of God dwells. A lot of those places are filled up with false religions and false beliefs and false doctrines, but I believe that maybe every now and then even the bird wants to be where the presence of God dwells. And the psalmist says, I wish I could get there. My heart is set on it. My soul longeth for it. Yea, even fainteth for the courts of the Lord. There is no place like the house of God. There is no place like the place where God dwells. There's no place like the place where you sit this morning. Now I've been in churches all across this country, not out of country yet, although constantly Brother Stallman is working on me to go on these crazy trips. He plans uh, about three, four, five, six times a year to go to crazy places across the world. Maybe one of these days I'll get my courage just to go get a passport, much less leave the United States. But I tell you, in all the places that I've been across this country and in all the churches that I've preached in and seen, and it hasn't been as many as some, but, but I know that I've been in some places that were as dead as a doornail, and I have been in some places where the Spirit and presence of God was evident. And when I come to Calvary Baptist Church, I know that the presence of God is here. And I'm not saying that just because this is my church and this is where God called me. It's because I truly know that the presence of the Lord is here. From one of the first times that we came to spend time at Calvary Baptist Church, I could sense the presence of God here. I believe that this is the kind of place that people want to go and should want to go and where the birds may even want to dwell. Not every place that calls itself a church is a church, but I believe that Calvary Baptist Church is a church. And I believe it is a place where God's presence dwells. Now, with that being said, I want to say this, that because this is the place where I believe the presence of God dwells, it is necessary for God's people to get our hearts and minds settled on what it is and what it means to be where the Lord's presence is in the house of God. I want you to understand that if there is any place that you ought to be every single week of your life, it ought to be the house of God. And that our hearts and minds should be set on this place. Our desire should be towards this place. If you want to have a good 2023, you know one of the best things that you could do for yourself and for your family, it would be for you to be determined to be in the house of God. For nothing to get in the way of you being in the house of God. Because it is here that the Lord dwells and His Spirit speaks to us. Now, that doesn't mean that the Spirit of God does not dwell within His people, but there is something different about getting into a place where God's people are all together and the Bible says that if two or three are gathered together in His name, that they 
where is he in the midst of them? And I'll tell you, I've been a part of some services over the years that were different. Different from other services that we sat through uh, over the course of my saved life. And there have been times when the presence and Spirit of God showed up in a way that you knew there was more to God than just Him indwelling you. That every now and then His presence would show up at a place, in a meeting, at a conference, at a revival, or in a church where there was, there was no doubt God had just showed up. I want to be where God's presence is. And the psalmist says, My soul longeth, yea, even fainteth for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh crieth out for the living God. I want you to look at verse number 4, if you would please, at Psalm chapter number 84 and verse number 4. The Bible says, Blessed are they that what? That dwell in thy house. They will be still praising thee. Blessed is the man whose strength is in thee, in whose heart are the ways of them. And I want you to notice this, if you would please, in verse number 6. Who passing through the valley of Baca make it a well. The rain also filleth the pools. The word Baca here is a place in Palestine. It means weeping. Therefore, it means the valley of weeping. Now stay with me. The Bible says that those who are on their way to the house of the Lord will sometimes pass through the valley of weeping. And as they pass through the valley of weeping, they have been given strength by God and as they pass through that valley of weeping, through that heaviness, through that hard time, the Bible says that they do what in verse number 6? Who passing through the valley of Baca, who passing through the valley of weeping, they do what? They make it a well. Do you see that? So there are people who as they have determined to head to the house of the Lord will at times run into trouble. Can I say that first of all, when you determine to be in the house of the Lord every week of your life, that Satan is going to do everything in his power to try to stop you from getting here. I get, I get concerned for people as they begin to grow in the Lord when they begin to lose the importance of being in God's house. I, I hear often, and you do too, well, I don't have to go to the house of the Lord in order to be a Christian. I don't have to go to church in order to be saved. No, you're absolutely right about that. You don't have to go to church to be saved, and you don't have to go to the house of of the Lord to be a Christian. But I will say this, there is something different about those who make a point of being in the house of the Lord every week of their life and if possible every service that the doors are open that there is a different health and a different strength to those Christians. And that most of the time when people start taking the house of the Lord lightly and don't see the importance of being here, they are already on the path of losing the will of God in their lives. Already on the path of living in sin. These people, as they begin to make their journey to the house of the Lord, pass through the valley of weeping. The valley of weeping could be a sign of those again, that experience hardship as they try to get to the house of the Lord. And I want to say that if you're going to be faithful to God, it is going to take some work. 
If you're going to be faithful to the house of the Lord, every now and then, it's going to take some work. It's not always going to be easy to get here. It's not always going to be the morning where the car is running and the furnace is working and everybody's uh, curling irons and, and hair... Uh, 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 well, I don't even know. I don't use them. What do you call them? Hair dryers are working. Every now and then, you'll get up and Sunday morning, everything is going wrong. Sometimes that's just life. Sometimes it's Satan trying to stop you from being in the house of the Lord. Some people begin to allow other things to become their goal in life, and so they start skipping church over jobs and over hobbies and other things of that nature. And the difference between them and those who do, do come to the house of the Lord is that those who go to the house of the Lord, look at it in verse number 7, they go from strength to to strength. Every one of them in Zion appeareth before God. Do you see that? That when you go to the house of the Lord, you get strength, and you don't go from weakness to strength. You go from strength to strength. Because each time you come to the house of the Lord, you get strength from the Lord, and you go from the strength of the house of God to strength again when you come back to the house of God. The Bible says in verse number 6, we see it, who passing through the valley of weeping make it a well. First of all, I want to say that when you determine to be in the house of God, that there will be times when it will be difficult to get here. When it will be Satan trying to stop you, and that can create hardship and times of trial. But I want to say also that just as a matter of life, just as we go through our daily situations, that obviously we will continue to deal with valleys of weeping. And there is no place that we need to be above the house of God. When you begin to face the hardships in life, you don't need to go running from the house of God. You need to go running to the house of the Lord. As we pass through the valley of weeping, throughout the course of our lives. There's something that needs to be understood here. The Bible says, who passing through the valley of weeping, make it what? They make it what? A well. Now what does that mean? That means that as people go through their hardships and as people go through their hard times, as they are on their way to the house of God and they've already predetermined that they're going to be in church and they're going to be faithful and that this is where they need to be, that as they make their way through, that as they go through the hard times in life and as they go through the weeping times in life, that the house of God gives them the strength to make the weeping times, the hard times, a place where God can fill it with water. They make it a well. Do you see that? I don't know how people make it through life sometimes without the house of the Lord. I don't know how people make it through life sometimes without the presence of the Lord. I don't, I don't understand how people go through the hardships of this life without the presence of God. I see people that are struggling in their marriages and I wonder how in the world are they doing that without the Lord. I see people that are in the hospitals and visiting the bedside of their loved one and I wonder how in the world are they making it without the Lord. I don't know how you do it without the Lord because I'll tell you this, that when we are faithful to the Lord, He gives me strength to make a well in the valley of weeping. 
He gives me strength to do some more digging and to find the water of life when I don't know where else I'm going to get it. Can I say something to you, Christian? If you will just decide to be in the house of God every single week of the year this year and to be in the house of God every single time the doors are open this year, you know what may happen? You may find strength in the hard times to keep digging and find a place where God can fill you with water again. It's necessary for God's people to know that the house of God is what gives us strength when we pass through the valley of weeping. They make it a well, and I want you to notice this in verse number 6. What's the Bible say? The rain also filleth the what? The rain also filleth the pools. Do you see that? Now a well is a place that we dig, yes? We dig wells and you try to get to the water table and find where the water is. And every now and then, when you're going through the hard times, you're going to have to start digging in your Bible and digging for the presence of God in your life to find the depth of God and to find the goodness of the Lord. And it's necessary for you to do some digging. But it's also true that there seems to be an extra blessing on those who as they head to the house of the Lord, do a little seeking for the Lord. Do a little digging for the goodness of the Lord. I want you to notice, if you would please, Psalm chapter number 92. Would you turn over a couple of pages and look at that with me? Psalm chapter number 92 and look at verse number 12. Psalm chapter 92 and look at verse number 12. The Bible says, the righteous shall what? Like the palm tree, he shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Now I want you to notice this. Look at verse number 13. Those that be what? Planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be what? Fat and flourishing. I tell you, I don't know what it is about, about, about uh, uh, Baptist preachers, but some Baptist preachers, it seems like the longer they're preaching and the longer they're in, their hou- in the house of the Lord, they get fat and flourishing. You know, some preachers, it is their desire to be a big preacher, and they accomplish it in ways that they didn't imagine. But the Bible says that those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bring forth fruit in what? They shall be fat and flourishing. To show that the Lord is upright, He is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in Him. Now, can I ask you a question? Who is it that sends the rain to fill the pools? We can do some digging, and we should do some digging every now and then when things get a little bit hard. And can I just say, I I have to say this. I was going to skip past it, but I'm going to say it. Christian, we live in a day and time where everything is done for us, and it's so convenient and so easy that often that finds its way into Christianity. And here's what we think. We think, well... As long as I'm going to church and being faithful, 
Everything's going to go great and God's going to bless me and I don't have to put any effort into my spiritual life because as long as I'm in church, God's just going to bless my spiritual life. And then when things don't go right and you begin to pray and beg God, oh God, would you please help me? Please, Lord, I need you to help pay my bills. I'm having a hard time making ends meet. Well, you know what? Here's one thing maybe you ought to do. Go out and do some digging and see if you can make some ends meet on your own. Go Go do some digging. In the valley of sorrow, go do some work yourself. Christians don't always want to do any spiritual work. We want God to do all the work for us. Well, Lord, I'm really struggling with this one thing in my life. Would you please just help me with it? Well, no. Every now and then when you're going through the valley of sorrow, you've got to do some digging yourself. Before God will send the rain, He needs to see that you're going to put in some effort. Before the Lord begins to fill the pools, He needs to see that you're willing to try. He needs to see that you're willing to fight for your marriage. Lord, I really wish that you, would, that you would just help my marriage. We're struggling so much. Well, here's the first thing you can do. Start doing some digging in your own life and decide what you can do to help your marriage. I can't tell you how many times I sit down with people that, are, that they come to the office and they say, Preacher, can you help our marriage? And the moment you start letting them talk, everything is about, well, she this and she that and she this and she that. And then when it's her turn to talk, well, he this and he that and he this and he that. And then by the time they get done and you look at them and you say, okay, now, I hear all of that. But you can't work on her. You can only work on you. You can't work on him. You can only work on you. So here are some things I would encourage you to do and here are some things that I would encourage you to do. And I cannot tell you how many times I've heard, yeah, but. Yeah, but you just don't understand. Okay, look, if you're going to help your marriage, you're going to have to do some digging. You're going to have to do some work yourself. If you want God to send the rain, you've got to show some effort. If you want God to send the blessing, you need to stop looking at pornography and fix it. Well, my wife just doesn't understand the temptations I'm dealing with. And she shouldn't. Well, sure, men deal with temptations, and so do women today like we have never seen in any generation before concerning this matter. But some people just want to excuse their issues and beg God to help when the reality is you need to put some work in yourself. You need to get right with God and set some goals this year to stop looking at that stuff and put on some accountability software on your computer and phone that, that sends an alert straight to your wife the moment you see something you shouldn't. It exists, by the way, and it's on mine. Because I don't trust my flesh. Preacher, you would... Okay, all right. Throw me under the bus for it, that's fine. But I don't trust myself. You know how many preachers have fallen because they got hooked on pornography and nobody knew about it and then they ended up committing adultery in the church because they were burning in their lust in their office and then some woman stopped by and they both got tempted and messed up with each other. That's a rabbit trail. I just thought I'd go down, I guess. But I need, I need God to bless my finances. Here's an idea. Go get a job. Let's start there and start giving to the Lord. Because as you give to the Lord, I cannot understand it, but, but He says, try me herewith. 
and see if I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour you out blessings. That's what God said. Try me and see. Give in the offering and see what I do afterwards. He expects us to do some work before He sends the rain. I guess this became the message. He expects us to put in a little effort before the blessings flow. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. I don't know why they don't ever flow in my life. I don't ever go to church and I don't ever pray and I don't ever read my Bible and I don't ever go to work, but I really wish God would bless me. It's not how it works. Really wish God would fix my marriage, but you haven't read your Bible in two months. He can't fix you, so He can't fix your marriage. It's my Joel Osteen smile. But I'm going to have to learn how to talk more pleasantly like he does. So as they're heading to the house of God, they hit some hardship, right? And man, sometimes we want to throw our hands up in the air and say, but God, I was faithful to you. I was going to church every Sunday and this still happened. I don't understand. God must be against me. No, it's just life. It just happens. Stuff happens to everybody. It's just life. We live in a fallen world. Bad things happen to good people. And it stinks, but it's reality. So what are you going to do? You've got to put in some effort before God sends the rain. You know what would be really good for our church this year? is if everybody got in the fight in your own spiritual matters and stopped waiting on God to change it without any effort on your own behalf. If I want a good relationship with my precious wife, I've got to work on it. I can't just wait for God to change it and send it. God, send me a good relationship. No, work on a good relationship. Come here, honey. Yeah. Who, me? Only honey I know. <laughs> I am too, Miss Ella. <laughs> We're going to have a good relationship together. We have to put effort into it. I'm not perfect. She's almost perfect, but not, not all the time. <laughs> that means we got to work. Do you know while we were on our anniversary trip, we had some run-ins? Would you, would you believe that? We had some disagreements. Marriage isn't perfect. Life isn't perfect. If I, want, if I want God to bless our marriage, I've got to work, she's got to work. It takes work to have good spiritual things. It takes effort. And it's not right to do absolutely nothing and then ask God to bail our fat out of the fire. It's not right. It's not how it works. I, don't, I just wanted to... I guess I just want to put my arm around you. <laughs> All right, thanks, hon. We have, to, we have to work on it, just like anybody else does. It's not perfect. I wish it was, but it's not. I don't understand why this is. But after 20 years of marriage, you would think we would understand each other better. I'm more baffled sometimes now than I was 20 years ago. 
and so is she. And we look at each other like, how is this even possible? How do I not understand you by now? You'd think this would be getting better. <laughs> but you know, you know what that takes? It takes effort. It takes work. Who passing through the valley of Baca, the valley of weeping, make it a well. The rain also filleth the pools. In Psalm chapter number 65 and verse number 9, the Bible says, Thou visitest the earth and waterest it. Waterest it. Can't even say it. The Lord waters the earth. There you go. Thou greatly enrichest it with the river of God, which is full of water. Thou preparest them corn when thou hast so provided for it. Thou waterest the ridges thereof abundantly. Thou settlest the furrows thereof. Thou makest it soft with showers. Thou blessest the springing thereof. Thou crownest the year with thy goodness. And thy paths drop fatness. They drop upon the pastures of the wilderness. And the little hills rejoice on every side. The pastures are clothed with flocks. The valleys also are covered over with corn. They shout for joy. They also sing because it is God who provides for them. The Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter number 28 that if Israel would call upon him, the Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure, the heaven, to give the rain unto thy land in his season, and to bless all the work of thine hand, and thou shalt lend unto many nations, and thou shalt not borrow. Now here's what God just said. Listen, the rain is a blessing come, that comes from the Lord, and it comes from the Lord when God's people put in a little effort. We often look at rain as a curse. We go back to the book of Genesis when the Bible says that the earth was flooded. And we know that God flooded the earth and that He rained upon the earth until the Bible says that the water was increased even above the highest mountaintops. The entire earth experienced the judgment of God. And sometimes we look at rain as if it's a judgment. I tell you, when we went through the dry spell this past summer here in the area, and I mean, the Mississippi was drying up and all of our rivers and streams were drying up and it was dry as a bone around here. I was praying for the rain. I love rain because God, God at one time judged the earth with rain, but do you understand that He said He would never flood the entire earth in that way again and that rain is a sign and a picture of the blessing of God upon His people. Why? Because it makes things grow. It feeds the earth, it waters it, it gives it what it needs, it provides the nutrients that are missing. And the Bible says that God sends the rain in those times when God's people are digging wells in the valley of Baca. I beg you please to understand that God is ready and willing and able to bless your life if you are ready and willing and able to put in the effort while you remain faithful. Strength comes from the Lord to those that dwell in His house. But often on the way to His house, we go through the valley of weeping. And if we'll make it a well, the Lord will create the rain to fill the pools. Wells are dug down into the earth to get down to the water table. Sometimes they can be well into the, well into the earth. Sometimes they can be deep into the earth. But pools are on the surface of the earth. Yes? Pools are where you can see them above ground. Right? If you'll do some digging, God will do some raining. And by doing so, what you'll begin to see is as, is as you put in effort that the blessings will begin to overflow. 
I want you to look at it again in Psalm chapter number 84 and verse number 6, and we'll be finished here this morning. The Bible says, Who passing through the valley of Baca make it a well. That means the valley of weeping. The rain also, what? Filleth the pools. You do the digging, God sends the rain. And that's how it goes for those that are faithful to the Lord. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that you would please speak to hearts this morning and help us. Help us in our marriages, help us in our families, help us in our personal lives. I pray that if there are some here this morning that are struggling in areas of their spiritual life, that you would give them the drive and determination to do some work to get right with you so that you can bless them in their life. With heads bowed 